Welcome to another edition of Alternative News. You are listening to 3CR Community Radio 855 on the AM dial, streaming live on 3cr.org.au or on 3CR Digital in Melbourne. I'm Romina Betsin from the Campaign for International Cooperation and Disarmament. Today we will speak about the government's proposed changes to the fee structures for university, childcare and job keeper, and human rights experts call for global opposition to Israel's annexation plans. The government's proposed changes to the fee structures for university degree are not fair and not responding to the needs of the labour market. The government's proposed restructuring of university fees is that study of the sciences and technologies, English and other languages will cost less and the humanities and social sciences will cost more. According to the Minister for Education, Dan Tien, the justification for these fee changes is to increase the number of graduates in areas of expected employment growth. The aim is to motivate students to make more job-relevant choices. Many critics have understandably objected to this characterization of universities as job factories. For many, the fundamental purpose of universities since their foundation hundreds of years ago has been to promote scholarship by teaching people to question and think critically. In particular, human progress has depended on the fostering and understanding of the nature of our sciences, human relationships and the requirements for good governance. Michael Keating, in his article published on 25th June 2020, argues that the government says that its fee changes are intended to encourage people to study in areas of expected employment growth. However, the government has not so far provided any information to justify its expectations for job growth, either by industry, occupation or qualification level. All we can infer is that the minister expects a relative increase in demand for graduates in the courses where fees will drop, but Michael Keating believes in too many cases that expectation is likely to prove wrong. For example, he argues that employment in agriculture has been falling for a long time, and it seems unlikely that the demand for degrees in agriculture will rise faster than average, but the cost of this degree is scheduled to drop by 62%. Similarly, The past track record of employment of graduates with degrees in science, architecture and environmental science does not suggest that the future demand for these graduates is likely to increase faster than the average. Childcare and JobKeeper Women and children are targeted in the coalition government's early cancellation of free childcare for parents and JobKeeper for its workforce. Many 
low-income women will be denied access to early childhood education and care for their children. Education Minister Dan Tehan announcement on 8 June that the government would abolish free childcare as from 12 July. He also indicated an end to JobKeeper from 20th July for employees of early childhood education and care centres. Only days earlier, in response to a question from the media, Prime Minister Scott Morrison said that the six months provision of JobKeeper has been set out in legislation and people can count on that. End quote. A few days later, Scott Morrison said that cutting the support was seen as a better way of supporting more jobs and supporting the management and meeting of demand in the childcare sector. It takes more than stretch of the imagination to understand how denying families access to free services is a better way of doing things. It is hardly better for struggling centres, their staff, or for the children of the families who rely on them. Dan Tian, when launching the program earlier in the year, said this package will help support families during these difficult times, particularly those who have lost their job and are doing it tough. End quote. Well, the difficult times are not over, but the package will be if the government is not forced to reverse its decision. The removal of fees opened up access to families on lower incomes, including the under and unemployed. Tehan also said a review of the package found it had succeeded in its objective of keeping services open and viable, with 99% of around 13,400 services operational as of 27 May 2020. End quote. But one of the reasons that we are seeing increased demand in the childcare sector is because children are going back to school, people are going back to work, and the economy is being opened up as restrictions are eased. So we are seeing more economic activities, end quote. Of course, by making early learning and care affordable, more families will use it and be able to go back to work as the economy opens up. As with so many of the coalition's policies, it will be women, those on lower incomes, the vulnerable, and children who are hit hardest by this latest move. Women are overwhelmingly the principal carers and reliant on the centres to be able to participate in the paid workforce or study. Many will be forced to give up working or studies as they can't afford the fees. 97% of the staff in early childhood education centres are female. The professional role the professional role that early childhood educators play, seen by many as women's work, is highly undervalued and underpaid. Yet, it carries with it considerable responsibilities for the care and education of under-fives. 
Educators in this sector are qualified with many having university degrees. Their incomes do not reflect their incomes do not reflect this. With some paid as little as $22 an hour, barely above the minimum wage. The average wages for a shelf packer in a supermarket is $21.90. The nature of their work and the responsibilities they have are hardly comparable. The language used in the media and by some politicians suggests that the childcare industry provides a child mining service somewhere to dump their preschoolers while they are at work. But nothing could be further from the truth. These centres are learning and care centres. The programmes they run are professionally structured to meet the needs of early childhood development, the development of social, cognitive and so much more. Research has repeatedly demonstrated how important these early years are in the development of a child in readiness for school. It is no accident that in the majority of developed countries, early childhood education is free. In Australia, public education is free for later years. It should also be free for the earlier years. Fees should not be introduced. They create inequalities that continue through the life of the children affected. The Early Childhood Education Relief Package is being shut down early for purely economic reasons. The government is obsessed with saving every dollar it can, regardless of the consequences, and creating a budget surplus as quickly as possible. It seems that the well-being of the children, families or workers in the sector counts for nothing. The aim of the package was to keep early learning and care centres open so that they would still be operating as the economy was turned around and people returned to work. As it does with most programmes, the government describes cuts and programmes as being targeted. Parents and the children who stand to miss out on early childhood education are the targets in the cuts to the early childhood education sector. They are being told to pay for the crisis. No worker should be made to pay for the crisis. Human rights experts call for global opposition to Israel's annexation plans. Nearly 50 independent human rights experts are calling for the international community to oppose Israel's plan to annex significant parts of the occupied Palestinian West Bank beginning as early as next month. The annexation of occupied territory is a serious violation of the Charter of the United Nations and the Geneva Conventions, and contrary to the fundamental rule affirmed many times by the United Nations Security Council and General Assembly that the acquisition of territory by war or force is inadmissible. The international community has prohibited annexation precisely because it incites wars, economic devastation, 
political instability, systematic human rights abuses, and widespread human suffering. The experts said annexation would extend Israeli sovereignty to almost 30% of the West Bank, covering most of the Jordan Valley and more than 230 illegal Israeli settlements. It will also intensify human rights violations committed during five decades of Israeli occupation, which include land confiscation, settler violence, home demolitions, and excessive use of force and torture. What would be left of the West Bank would be islands of disconnected land completely surrounded by Israel and with no territorial connection to the outside world. Israel has recently promised that it will maintain permanent security control between the Mediterranean and the Jordan River. But the morning after annexation would be the crystallization of an already unjust reality. Two peoples living in the same space ruled by the same state but profoundly by unequal rights. This is a vision of a 21st century apartheid. The experts recalled that Israel has previously annexed occupied land, East Jerusalem, in 1980 and the Syrian Golan Heights a year later. On both occasions, the United Nations Security Council immediately condemned the annexations as unlawful but took no meaningful countermeasures to oppose Israeli's actions. However, they stressed that this time must be different and called for accountability and an end to impunity in line with international law. The international community has legal and political responsibilities to defend a rules based on international order to oppose violations of human rights and fundamental principles of international law and to give effect to its many resolutions critical of Israeli's conduct of this protracted occupation. In particular, states have a duty not to recognize, aid or assist another state in any form of illegal activity such as annexation or the creation of civilian settlements in occupied territory. Thank you for listening. I'm Romina Betsin from the Campaign for International Cooperation and Disarmament. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.